planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey, this is Carla from the Butcher Babies. This is George Corp from the Fisher from Kelvin Corp. Hey, this is Rex from Kill Devil Hill. This is Wednesday 13. This is from Yellow Driving. This is Odorous from Water. Listening to Rabbit Noise. On Rabbit Radio. Turn it up. Hey, well, how are you, man? Oh, I'm good, man. How are you? Oh, not too bad, dude. It's, it's awesome you could join us on the show. Thank you for uh, taking the time, brother. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks. Well, uh, first up, man, congrats on 25 epic years of uh, Enslaved. That's that's an amazing achievement. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Thanks, Len. Oh, that's good, man. I, I, I think there's not many bands that sort of last that long these days. It isn't. It seems to be... I don't know where it came from, but I read something that, like, the, the most... Like, the majority of, of new bands, they last the classic two to three years. Just about time to get to know each other, and then they split up. <laughs> I guess like married <laughs> when all the all the fun stuff is over with, and then you have those who last for five, six, uh, and then I guess the rest of us is is pretty rare creatures. Yeah, totally, man. But it's awesome you guys are still going, and uh, you will of course be heading down here in early October for a tour where you'll be playing not one but two sets each night. That's insane. It's. I think it's. Um, it's, it's out of the ordinary, and that's what we wanted to do. We have, uh, to be to be honest, this is the, we, we do a lot of gigs this year, uh, and, uh, you know, it's a nine-year, a nine-week tour coming up. We've done all these festivals. We did London by North, but this is the only place where we actually do uh, the thing where the audience can, can uh, vote for, for the songs. And we decided, since we only have these three shows in Australia, um, three major cities, and we wanted to do, try and, and do what, with you know to, to really celebrate that 25 year thing and also to make up for the fact that in 25 years this is only the second time that we're down there so we're trying to do something special one hour or one set first with material dating from 91 and up until the early 2000s and then the second set focusing more on what happened after that so we're trying to sort of give a good cross section of what enslaved has been through all these years, you know, the contrast, but also, I guess, most important for us is to show that it's a band that has our roots intact and that we're still sort of, it's it's all one big movement for us. It's not like we used to be like this and now we're like that or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, we're kind of proud of, of having done everything in one uh, continuous journey. Have you done that before, that kind of set? Never, no. It's the, it's the first time we do that. The first time... I guess, um, yeah, it's the first time in our 25 years that we, that we ever divided sets like that. So that's, I mean, the songs aren't exactly short. So how, how long are you going to be playing for? I mean, that's all night, I hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see about that, you know, how it goes and everything. But to begin with, this, this, each set is going to be at least, I guess, somewhere between 60 and 75 minutes. And then... You know, then then there's a little break between the sets. Then we can, you know, fi- have fist fights with all the people who didn't get their songs. <laughs> and then go with our bl- black eyes back up on stage and, and do the second set. 
so it's definitely, I don't know how it's going to pan out at all, you know. We have to see also, we, we're getting the results next week. So that's also going to give us an indication uh, of what people uh, voted for and so on, which kind of songs. There's a few 15-minute songs in there, so it's gonna be, that's also going to decide on how it turns out. It's pretty exciting. But it, it, do you, do you, have it, has it sunk in how crazy that is for you guys? And not really. I think it's it's about to do that, but not before we get actual email from uh, you know from our f- promoter down there in in Australia telling us what people voted for and how many voted for what and so on. That's I guess when it's going to hit us. And but uh, when they asked if if this, I have to admit that <clears throat> this was one of the things that we mentioned in some kind of we we said we want to do something special for Australia, mm-hmm. and we said you know different ways of doing things and they came back with this concrete plan of this we can do this online thing in the vote and you can do the two sets uh, and we, it took like two seconds to, uh, to say yes let's definitely do this it, it was just something about as you say it's crazy and that's always been something that we react very positive to for some reason if, if something is like sort of slightly left of, of what would be considered normal it, it really catches our interest very fast oh and I, I think you know, you've been doing it for so long, 25 years, you know, yes. it's, it would be a challenge as well and makes it exciting. You know, you get to revisit some, maybe some songs you haven't in a, in a while and, and exactly. uh, things like that. It's, it, that's awesome. I think more bands should do that, you know. But, I think uh, so. I think it's coming along. I think it's, it's also dawning that, uh, that the communication thing, um, <clears throat> you know, that the internet and blah, 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 a very boring subject in itself, but like the whole thing of... Of, of social media, at some point the, the clever bands already are doing it, I guess, but more when I realize that it's not only to get force feed people with information from our side into, you know, the throats of the consumers or whatever. When people get that, you know, product consummation thing out of their out of the way, they're going to see more creative ways of using this communication and being really close to the people that's into the band and realizing that it's all part of a, of a project, you know, we just have different tasks some of us are in the band performing and, and the people listening to it and dedicating it to them to to the band are also very important parts of the of the whole artistic project I would say their input um, can create new ways of of performance like like we're doing there and, and I think we, we're definitely going to keep doing it and I think more bands are going to do that it's 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 yeah it's just about not leaving it all to the the management and label people around you. Mm. To find new ways of, of selling stuff, but it's also a good way of finding ways to develop the relationships with with the people that's actually dedicating more or less their lives to to your art. And I guess also doing it that way, you're going to get less people in the crowd yelling out songs. No, even if you got in the no. set list, <laughs> the world doesn't work like that. We did in London. We did the, the first night in London, London by Norse. We did only old songs, right? It was we, there was nothing nearer than 97 on the set list. And we've been doing the set for one hour and ten minutes. And then one guy starts yelling, play some old shit. And <laughs> and we checked, like, seriously checked if the guy was being sarcastic because it was, you know, it's a really good comment. It's fun. And he wasn't, he was dead serious. He was like, tired of us playing new stuff. He wasn't really old stuff. And we were like, sorry, 91 is how f- far back we go because that's when the band started. You can't do anything older than that. And he was sort of sulking. I guess he was in, but uh, it was it's really you know 
it was a good good laugh in the crowd at that point. It was really quiet, and then this guy screams, "Play something old." That was great. <laughs> that is that is it's something awesome. about metal mentality that I, I kind of like too. You know, it's it's a little bit Monty Python-ish, but I, I really like it. It's like everybody likes that dem- the first demo the best. Then you try and find uh, the recording of the people walking to the first rehearsal. That's got to be like the ultimate collector's item. Can't get older than that. No, well, talking about that, do you remember what your first jam was like? Yeah, it's the, the the very first jam I did because, and that's a, a fun fact. I don't think I mentioned that in an interview before, actually. Uh, but this whole walking thing reminded me. We were supposed to have two guitarists from the beginning of, and there was this guy from. Uh, the same village as I came from. We had to travel like an hour and, and 20 minutes to go to the nearest city where they had like rehearsal spaces. And I had this guy from, from the village going with me. He wanted to be in a metal band. Uh, and I didn't really know. I never played with the guy. I'd seen him playing like the chords to some Appetite for Destruction songs or something. Yeah. And in the meantime, uh, he wanted to be in a band. In the meantime, made these like early enslaved sketches. So we went to, to rehearse first so that the guitars were sort of in sync before the first proper rehearsal. And I went through the riffs of the first song and he just looked at me and went like, uh, this, I'm not going to be able to do that. And he packed his guitar and uh, said goodbye. And that was, that was about, so we were, two, we were a four-piece for, I guess, 11 minutes. And then we're back to a three-piece. So that was kind of a weird start. And then we had the first uh, rehearsal and it was just... Just amazing. We we all came from having played in, in like really tight rehearsing in your ba- parents' basement bands, and then the three of us came together and, and we all had the same kind of vision. We all had the same kind of seriousness to what we're doing, and we could immediately hear that this could actually. We didn't think like, oh, this is going to be a, a, a huge success, but it just felt like this might be going on for longer than a month, and that just made us super happy. You can imagine I, at the point. At that point in time, I was 13 years old uh, and, and being able to sort of wanted to have a, a real band already for a few years. And having these two older guys in my band and, and the first written song was being rehearsed, it was a, it was a really big, big thing. Have you got recordings of that? We have all rehearsal tapes, but at that point, we didn't, I don't think we, we realized the concept of the rehearsal demo mm. or any of that. So I guess the first recorded stuff, uh, it was maybe. A, a month or two into into the whole thing. That's, there's something about it. Hey, you always remember your first jam. Yeah. And then all the rest, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. It's a big blur. Yeah. We started taking pictures like after maybe three quarters of a year. So that's also been a source of, des- you know, desperation, especially from our labels when they're like, so can we get some photo material for this re-release from your first years? And we're like, yeah, sorry, dude, we didn't really think about that at the time. <laughs> we're all thinking like everybody... We're playing the songs and we're all thinking the same thing, like, how many beers can we get for the money we have in our pockets? <laughs> that's the spirit. I guess. <laughs> Man, that's that's awesome. That's that an awesome story. Because, I mean, you don't hear that very often from bands talking about their first jam. Like, a lot of bands can't even remember it. They're just like, oh, it's too drunk. But, exactly. um, <laughs> well, man, you, last year you re- released your thirteenth studio album in Times, which uh, is a damn good album, man. And uh, it's spent a lot of it, you know, and you spent a lot of time on the road touring it. Uh, are there any of the tracks on there that you know you really fell in love with after playing it live compared to when you guys laid it down? 
Yeah, this, there was one that we kept postponing for a time. Uh, the song called One Thousand Years of Rain. Because we just knew it's going to be so painful. Like the middle section with, uh, with the way that the, the, the instrument's being played. Uh, to do that and, and do the singing on top of it. Because um, I guess we, we... It was a bit of a mouthful we took there when we decided to, to arrange it like that. Um, so that was left out for the first few rounds of touring. Uh, and then we started doing it, and it really turned out to be a, a really good live song. So I think that's probably the favorite. And that and the first one, Through Is Us Dreaming, because that's uh, that's really a song that's a tribute to, to my personal ideals for for what black metal and, and extreme metal uh, sound like in, in the early 90s, with what Mame was doing on the, the Mysterious Domsatanas and, and what Dark Throne... And, and to some extent, I guess, Morbid Angel on their first few albums were, were up to the way of, of, of playing the guitar and so on. So I guess I have to choose between those two. I'd still say 1,000 Years of Rain. It's a, it's a favorite, both yeah. on the album and, and playing live. I dig that one too. So, I mean, when it comes to, uh, you know, your next album, have you guys got ideas? You've been writing on the road or...? Yeah, I've been writing quite a lot. Um, this. um I, I don't know if it's the beginning or the or the end or the middle part that's being that's been written yet, but uh, there's this big chunk that's that just came to being end of June, early July this year was was when I started writing the first few pieces, and, and there was a lot to, uh, coming out at the same time. So what, it, it's really exciting, I guess, <clears throat> when we start touring now. Um, we do two weeks in Norway in, in the middle of September, uh, and that's going to be. Lots of staying at lots of remote places uh, with lots of waiting for next day's gig. <laughs> so bringing, definitely bringing my, my uh, obviously I have to bring my guitars, but I'll, I'll bring some recording equipment too and, and try and develop most of the album, I guess, during uh, September, like the, the, the rough content, like the skeleton, and then start filling out more when we go around the world. Um, I think it's going to be, I, I've just started being comfortable with, with uh, composing being away from home, so to speak. Uh, normally, I, I just sit around and rehearse and, and whatever on, on tour. But um, on the last tour, I, I, I got the feel, got some weird feeling that this was a good thing to do. It's, I guess, it just felt right now, after thirteen albums of, of the having the recipe of isolating myself, uh, either at home, which is not so easy anymore with two kids, obviously. Yeah have this marvelous tendency of, of wanting you to be with them. The, the more you want to be by yourself, the more they want to be with you, which I guess is, is uh, think, considering how annoying I am as a, as a person, I guess my kids have to take that up just genetically. And, uh, <laughs> oh, so I guess going on the road is going to give me some space to compose again. I'm ready for that. <laughs> I definitely know as a, as a dad myself, man, anytime you, you try and get into a creative space it's uh you know let's watch Peppa Pig for the hundredth time you're like ah Peppa Pig that's one of the better ones because they always found that it's kind of psychedelic the way they fall on the floor and laugh (laughs) there's so much worse things out there than that oh there is dude there is (laughs) we've got uh we've got plenty of it down here man oh yeah babies yeah (laughs) so do you find that um in regards to writing when you when you traveling and things like that that the environment you're in has an influence on what's coming out of you kind of but it, it i guess that's what you 
that what sort of kept me away from it earlier on, and because it, it, it sort of felt like it was disturbing. It felt like it was adding noise mm. uh, to the process. And uh, whereas now I think, I now it, it's more like it's in, it's setting me in a certain mood or whatever. But I, I'm more able to separate it now. So it's it's more like gaining impulses from being in a different place. Um, sort of that gives energy to the process, but I'm able to sort of. Uh, you know, uh, to to isolate myself from the direct surroundings, in a sense. So it's just that whole thing of being in a new place that feels uh, sort of refreshing now, where opposed to earlier on, it felt sort of more of a, a, a noisy, invading kind of thing that sort of uh, made it hard for me to hear that the music. That's the whole point. That's the easily explained, that's how I write music, it's that I hear it and then I try to reproduce it. And being able to hear that music, wherever, if it's in me or if it's some kind of antenna function that's picking up whatever's out there, I don't know, I don't really care. And, you know, maybe, the only, I doubt that this div- divine <laughs> participation in songwriting, I think they have, if, if there's anything divine, they're probably preoccupied with other things that demoing new songs um, but whatever's out there is, is certainly influenced or easily brought forward if, if I'm in a certain mood and being in a new place can, can bring that forward it's definitely exciting man is there a title or anything you're working with uh, for the time being we're starting to do that but that's all. that's just this law we made that it has to be released after the songs <laughs> just the effect Awesome, man. Well, I definitely can't wait to hear it and uh, definitely can't wait to see you guys in Brisbane at the Crowbar on uh, Wednesday, October 5th. Cool. It's going to be one hell of a gig, dude. Everyone's going to be there. Awesome, man. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're going to go to the track Alpha Blot now and uh, all the best to you and the guys on your upcoming tour and uh, we'll see you in Brisbane, brother. Thanks so much, man. See you soon. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 